fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 41. It has been a very busy news week. Uh, I didn't think we were going to have enough to talk about, but wow, we have a lot to talk about. But first, Josh, how are you doing tonight? It's, I'm doing well, man. I've, uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a long week. A little stress going on right now, but. You know, moving and grooving, dude, get my thing done. Well, that's good. You know who's been under a lot of stress is Spider-Man. I just saw <laughs> Spider-Man Far From Home earlier this week. Uh, Josh and I were super hyped about it. I Disappointed is such a strong word, so I don't want to use that, but I'm a little disappointed that it wasn't as good as Homecoming, at least for me. And I, I'm realizing that I'm in a minority in this, it is by no means a bad movie by any stretch. I believe I gave it a 7.5 out of 10 in my review of it. So it is a good movie. Just not as good as I was hoping it was going to be. So for me at least, it was the first half is kind of weak. There's not a lot of spidey action in the first half. And when it does finally kick in in the second half, it is great. It's some of the best Spider-Man action I've ever seen. Mysterio... Without dipping into spoilers, if you know the character of Mysterio, he is Mysterio to its fullest extent, and it is great. Um, it's a weird complaint, but it kind of feeds into our discussion later of best and worst comic book uh, costumes slash suits. I hate every single Spider-Man suit in this movie, and it's really? such a weird nitpick from me. Um, also, weird... This isn't a spoiler at all, but you know that scene in the trailer uh, where he's just like, you're going to be the new Iron Man? No, I'm too busy doing your job. That's not in the movie at all. Oh, that's... Mm, that's upsetting. Yeah, I hate the Iron Spider suit. Always have. Um, we see him have like a stealth suit. Not a huge fan of that. Okay, there's a couple scenes where he does wear the classic red and blue. Um, but they're Mysterio scenes. I'll leave it vague at that, but Josh, you can probably guess what that means. Yeah. Um, and then, as the trailers show, he wears a new red and black suit. Also hate it. Uh, just because I think Spider-Man should just stick to red and blue at all times. That's just his classic look. Unless he's got the Venom symbiote. Um, well, and plus, the, the red and black is very Miles Morales, and I feel like you're stepping on those toes if you do that. Yeah. Very, very much agree. That's definitely his color scheme. I liked Far From Home, just not as much as Homecoming. Uh, Jill and Hall as Mysterio makes every scene he's in a thousand times better. He brought his A-game for it. Tom Holland is the definitive Spider-Man to me. The supporting cast is great. Humor worked most of the time. There's a couple swing and misses when it comes to the humor. Um, but yeah, I think the big part of it was some pacing issues and it just didn't have as much charm as Homecoming did. Homecoming had just, I don't know how to pinpoint it, but just had a certain level of charm to it that I don't think Far From Home did. But it's a pretty worthy follow-up to Homecoming and to Endgame. It's a sequel to both movies. And it answers some questions, but others I kind of wish they would have dealt on more without dipping too far into spoilers. There's some ramifications for Endgame that I was like, can we get more time with that? as a character study or have that, have our characters dwell on that more. Cause this is kind of a big deal, but as a whole, it's fun. Um, homecoming to me is still better, but it's a good Spider-Man movie. 
Okay. Well, there's that. Basically, at this point, all it had to do was be better than Amazing Spider-Man. So yes, and it just and it sets up a very interesting Spider-Man three, which I'm very curious to see the direction that they go for that. Now, can they do the the impossible? Can we have three good Spider-Man movies in a row? That's the impossible no. task. <laughs> I'm gonna say no, but that's because I'm a jerk. So yeah, as the dude that still likes the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Okay, look, I feel really attacked right now, so I feel like we need to move on. To yeah, I was just going to segue to the news. So, <laughs> I've forgotten if I've taken my uh, heart medication, because I feel like I'm going to need it for this first news story. So, The Flash. Oh, boy. The Flash movie has been um, an interesting production, to say the least. Uh is no exaggeration to say that we've had no less than at least three sets of directors attached to this movie at one point or another, only for them to drop out later. The first directors were going to be Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who did the Lego movie, the Jump Street movies, 90% of Solo before it got taken away. Um, They were attached to it. Then they dropped out due to, quote-unquote, creative differences. And then the director of Dope, uh, I forget what his name is. It's also very complicated. He dropped out due to creative differences. And then we got the guys that did Game Day, uh, the new Vacation movie. The pair of them were attached to it for a long time. Then, um, supposedly, they were, Ezra Miller was butting heads with them because they want to do a more lighthearted and fun Flash story. Heaven forbid, because that's not like what Barry Allen is most of the time. Ezra Miller wanted to go very dark and serious, because, you know, that was totally the flash that we got in Justice League, was dark and serious. And Ezra Miller actually brought in comic book writer Grant Morrison to rewrite the whole story, more or less, for him. And I have gone into my whole side tangent of why that's a really stupid and immature thing for Ezra Miller to do. But now it seems like those directors of Game Night and Vacation have finally had enough, and they've left the project as well, as it seems that the new director of the Flash movie is Andy Muschietti, who has directed um, both chapters of the new It movies. My problem is not with Andy. Uh, He's a good director. (sighs) My problem is this whole production, man. Uh, Before I go into my whole diatribe, Josh, what are your thoughts on this? Get Ezra Miller out. <laughs> yeah, I, amen. I, I look, dude, I love Ezra Miller. Almost everything I've ever seen him in, I have enjoyed him in. Says the man that He's, didn't see Crimes of Grindelwald. Uh, yeah, well, I enjoy the, him as that character. If you like, you know what I mean? I, I don't have to like a movie to like a, an actor doing well in a role. Um, case in point, uh, Green Lantern. Uh, but uh, he, this whole thing has just gone so south, and <laughs> he is the one of the last remnants of the Zack Snyder verse outside of uh, Gal Gadot and um, Henry Cavill. Which I have, those... I've, I'll get into a thought I have about that in our yeah. uh, Sherlock Holmes related story. Yes, um, but he was also the one, uh, the only. In my opinion, and I, as I hate it because I did enjoy a, 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 the uniqueness of it, but he was the only one in Justice League that stuck out like a sore thumb that didn't feel just quite right. I hate his Flash. 
a lot. <laughs> and we'll get into he him shows not just for our main suit? discussion. It's I mean you sure the suit is terrible, I agree. Oh no, his suit is absolutely gonna be on our discussion later today. Um but his Barry Allen to me is not Barry Allen at all. He has more in common with Bart Allen, actually. Yeah. I'm um, with you. But I've hated his flash. And the fact that he has so much of an ego that he thinks as an actor that he knows better than three sets of directors that he knows the vision of Flash after one team-up movie, not even a solo movie. Now, the rumor also has been that they'll start filming Flash as soon as Fantastic Beasts 3 has wrapped filming, which that also has been pushed back, I believe, almost indefinitely because of the failure of Crimes of Grindelwald. So if this movie does actually happen, it's not going to be for a while. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Andy Muschietti is our director for Flash, but not Ezra Miller as the Flash. I can totally see that. Uh, Because I feel bad right now for Andy Muschietti because he, like we've said, he is a really good director. I love the first It. I'm super hyped to see Chapter 2 later this year. He seems like a really good dude, a good director. But Ezra Miller has just, he's been such a bad influence in this. You put it perfectly. He's one of the last remnants of the old regime of... Walter Hamada has brought in this new era for DC with Aquaman, with Shazam. Uh, We're hearing good things about Wonder Woman 1984. I'm hearing really good things about Ewan McGregor and and Birds of Prey. Um, But Ezra Miller is part of this old regime. And I just... It's just frustrating because I would love to see a Flash movie just... A Flash movie. We've never gotten a Flash movie considering how famous the character is. The fact that he's only ever been in one. Well, technically, he's been in three movies. If you count Suicide Squad and his blink and you miss it appearance in Batman v Superman. But the fact that we haven't gotten an actual Flash movie, even though he's one of the most recognizable superheroes of all time. It's just, I don't get it. And... I, I genuinely believe Ezra's gone. People keep talking about this story, but I'm like, isn't his contract, didn't it run up already? So, yeah. I, I don't know. It's, this movie is cursed, man. See, I think it, it's cursed because of who they've got as their lead. I and as, Again, I'm going to say it, as much as I, as I enjoy Ezra Miller, I, he's not Flash. He's not Barry Allen. I'm just one. I just don't get how he thinks he has this much clout as an actor. Like, if you told me Robert Downey Jr. was pulling this and disagreeing with a director who had come on for an Iron Man movie, I would probably side with Robert Downey Jr. Be like, okay, he's been Iron Man for about a decade now. But yeah. Ezra Miller has put in one ish movies as The Flash, and he's telling multiple directors off and it it's just it's frustrating to see it is not as frustrating as our next story though also true so i have been at least somewhat interested in amazon's lord of the rings series that they're doing so amazon really wants to be a big player in the streaming game like netflix like hulu 
um, Disney Plus later this year. And so Amazon has been putting a lot of money into this live-action Lord of the Rings series with a budget estimated around $200 million, more or less insinuating that they are putting their money where their mouth is, and they're really trying to recreate the world of Lord of the Rings. And I was super excited until today. Um, At least for the first two episodes. I don't know if he's going to be attached to the whole show, so maybe it could be better. But the name attached to... This Lord of the Rings series, the one directing the show so far, is J.A. Bayona. If you're not familiar with that name, he directed Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I hang my head in shame now. Yeah, it's... I mean, I'm a sucker for for those kinds of movies, so... I mean, the... Uh... <laughs> Fallen Kingdom, to me, wasn't terrible... But at the same time, oh, goodness. Like, that's who? That's who you get. I mean, considering, you know, who who do you have is directing the the original trilogy? Peter Peter Jackson. Jackson. But then in J.A. Bayona's defense, Peter Jackson also did the Hobbit trilogy, too. So Peter Jackson's not perfect. Fair, but we can use the theory that in that, and it, once The Hobbit came around, they trusted so, him so much, nobody questioned him and then threw a bunch of money at him. So typical typical Matrix st- stuff. Or just Peter Jackson in the last couple of years, too. I mean, yeah, I guess so. There's that, too. But I wanted to be excited for this show. And I guess it still could be good. It all depends on that first trailer, but... I really hated Fallen Kingdom, and having just a name attached to it that prominently takes a lot of the air out of it for me. Yeah. Oh, now, well. to clarify, this is not... It'll still be Middle-Earth, but it won't be the era that we're familiar with. It'll be set before Hobbit, before Lord of the Rings. Um, I think they said in the Second Age. I'm not super adept with Middle Earth mythology, but I just know it'll be before everything. So I think maybe that goes in their favor, that it's not going to be super linked to something else. The, the big thing they have going for them is that it sounds like they're pulling from this, the, it's not the Smith, Smithsonian, but it's the other, it's the other book that Tolkien wrote. The Cimmerillion? Cimmerillion, there, that's the word. It sounds like they're going to be pulling a lot from that. Either that, or they're just going to be pulling stuff out of their butt, and I'm not okay with that. Yeah, considering how much extended lore there is for Middle Earth. Yeah. Uh, the the main issue, though, is that book is extremely boring. Like, I I can get it, get through a lot of stuff, and like I've read the Lord, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, like read them. And those have a tendency to be quite wordy. Um, but like in this, the Cimmerian, it's, there's no direction to the story. So it, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the show. Yeah. Now, moving on to some more positive news. We have a batch of new trailers. We had three new trailers that we're going to talk about today. Two of them we really liked, one of them not so much. So first up, was I think the best trailer of the past few days that I did not expect to like nearly as much as I did, Jumanji The Next Level. 
Oh my gosh, I laughed my head off of this trailer. I didn't like it. Really? What was yeah. it about it? I didn't like it. I don't know. I think maybe I had some expectations. Did you expect them to all return to the same bodies that they had before? Well, I expected the original four characters. Like I, I, I they're all not there. necessarily. Well, not no, 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 not necessarily the four. Uh, like the four game characters. Like I knew they, they were going to be there, but the same kids, but they go to separate bodies. They are. But, the only one missing is no, the one that they're hunting for. But Danny, no, because Danny DeVito's there and uh, Donald Glover's there. Is Donald Glover? Yeah. Uh, Danny it's Glover. Not Danny Glover. I don't but know. No, maybe I, I thought, yeah, maybe, all three I, of the I, kids I mean, are there. I might need to go rewatch it then. Because all I, the I kids are there, who's... except for the one that originally gets sucked into the game, and that's who they're trying to find. Moose isn't there, though, is he? No, yeah, he is, because he's playing um, Kevin Hart this time. No, I thought that was Danny Glover's character that was that was in that. No, one. no, Moose is playing Jack Black. Okay, okay, that's and right. Danny Glover is playing Kevin Hart, and holy crap, does Kevin Hart do a really good Danny Glover? Okay, so here's the thing. That means that the only character that's not returning is the the stuck up girl from the first one. Um, she's not in it. And from what I remember, because if um, you know, girlfriend is playing the, uh, the man killer like she does, and then Danny's uh, Danny's in Kevin Hart, and uh, Devito is in The Rock. And then Moose is in um, uh, Jack Black. I'd still say go back and rewatch the trailer because they all come to the house. I could have sworn they're not all in it, but regardless, all three of the kids come to the house to see the two old guys. But take that aside. I love the addition of Danny DeVito and Danny Glover. Yeah, I think I think I was expecting something else, so I might need to just go watch, go back and watch it. But like upon my first watch, I, I think I was wanting something else, and my brain got stuck on that, and that's not what we got. So I think but, I yeah. said a while back that for Jumanji, they needed to do more or less the same thing, just switch up the bodies, so it isn't just a repeat. But Fair enough. I loved Kevin Hart doing a Danny Glover impersonation. He was so spot on. And then yeah. having Danny DeVito be The Rock, actually The Rock being Danny DeVito, I often criticize The Rock for not really getting out of his bubble. And I think he's yeah. going to actually try for this one. And I think that'll really work in his favor. I agree, yeah. Now... Move on to another trailer that I actually really like. I haven't heard your thoughts on this one. Um, but I'm sure because of who's directing it, there's going to be a lot of mixed opinions because people seem to really hate this guy. So Ryan Johnson, the director of The Last Jedi, is coming out with a new absolutely star-studded cast for his film, Knives Out, which more or less just seems like a 2019 version of Clue. And I'm all about that. Yeah, I... Uh... I was on the fence about this one, and mostly because I'm not big on how done it, who done it movies. Oh, see, I love them except for Morgan yeah, and the Orient so, Express. That was terrible. Yeah, 
yeah, I'm not big on them. So, but I mean, the ca- I, I might see it just for the cast alone. That cast is it's what Michael Shannon, Chris Evans, Jamie Lee Curtis, Daniel Craig. Oh yeah, Daniel Craig doing a terrible Southern accent. Well. He always does really bad southern accents. Like Logan Lucky, he had a really bad accent in that too. Yeah. And I love that almost immediately, as soon as we see Chris Evans in the frame, he's like, yep, I'm definitely not my Captain America character. Yes, dude. Holy crap. (laughs) He very quickly made us realize that he was not doing his Captain America character. Yeah, which is good. That's what we needed. Because he is a great actor, but I feel like over the past few years, every time I see him, I just see Cap, and I don't see him in this. No, not at all. But I love a good whodunit. I love a good mystery. That's partly why I hated Murder on the Orient Express so much, because there is no mystery. It was, hey, here are some clues that we purposely kept from you, because we wanted to be clever. But if we don't give you clues, then it's not a big reveal. Also, everyone did it. Which is just yeah, beyond dumb to me. Oh, absolutely. But not as dumb as Charlie's Angels. Yeah, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about this. I actually don't hate Kristen Stewart in this trailer. I was about to say, I don't mind her in this. She, Kristen Stewart is a lot like Robert Pattinson in that they both have been doing a lot of small indie stuff that's kind of rebuilding their acting reputation, but everyone will still know them as the Twilight people. I think mm-hmm. this movie's incredibly well cast. Naomi Scott, riding high off Aladdin. I think Kristen Stewart looks really good in this. That being said, this movie just smells like a flop to me. I agree. And, I mean, I, I don't know Charlie's Angels well enough to like be like, oh, okay, I see where we're going. Yeah, same. It... I know it's supposed to be like a girl power movie, but it also just kind of seems like here are the notes that we have to hit to make it a girl movie of like a, there's that line in the trailer about, have you left the first closet yet? There's more than one closet. I'm like, you got really, that's what we're going with for this. Yeah. Actually, my biggest issue with the movie has nothing to do with the cast. Besides the fact that director Elizabeth Banks stuck herself in the movie it is the fact that it's directed by Elizabeth Banks. I like her as an actor, actress. She's really great. She is not very consistent as a director. Yeah. I believe she did Pitch Perfect 3, which is easily the weakest of the whole series. I mean, that's not saying much because I, I think all of them are weak, but yes. They, they're they not too bad, but the third one especially. She, she's still finding her footing as a director, so that's a bit worrisome to me yeah i don't know i mean i i think i i see what they're they're trying to do with um i think if you're going to tell a charlie's a modern charlie's angels story yeah you'd bring in a new recruit kind of thing um i do agree with that uh i don't know who patrick stewart's supposed to be uh Uh, yeah me neither (laughs) so so he's just kind of there so that was weird Watching the trailers, I kind of feel bad for the third girl because everyone's like, yeah, Kristen Stewart from Twilight, Naomi Scott from Power Rangers and Aladdin, and the third girl. Yeah, which honestly, if she can blow us all away with a performance, like how, how like what if she outacts both girls? 
Yeah, you know how big that'd be a that great be? coming out party and just a, ooh, who's this? But that is that's assuming people will actually go see this movie. Yeah, I think if they and that was the other thing about this trailer was it felt choppy. I didn't quite understand what the story was. You know, like I, I, if they do, if they release another trailer that's a little bit more clean cut and straightforward, I think we could probably get some people to interested in this movie. Because if any, there, if there's any time to make a Charlie's Angels remake, now would be definitely a, a decent time for it. Oh, I completely agree. Also, quick side note: I hated the trailer music. Oh yeah, same. It was awful. Now, the Matt Reeves Batman movie. It seems like we need almost have like a little segment on the show, just like the Matt Reeves Batman update. Cause it seems like we talk about it every week, but now we may actually have some form of news to go over. And we actually have it in threefold. Uh, Daisy Ridley is rumored to be Batgirl for one. Vanessa Kirby is rumored to be Catwoman for two and for three. And the biggest no duh, um, like an empty toilet, no crap, Andy Serkis is rumored to be in the movie. Which I say no crap because he did both, well, he did the entire Apes trilogy, which the last two were directed by Matt Reeves. And Matt Reeves seems pretty high on Andy Serkis. And Andy Serkis is one of the most underappreciated actors in Hollywood. So yes, please get him in this Batman movie. Um, yeah. Looking at the three of these rumors, again, these are just rumors, but... What of these three really sticks out to you the most, Josh? Um, Daisy Ridley. Yeah, that to me kind of also sticks out. And it's for me, at least, because she's not the typical Batgirl age. Oh, yeah. Normally, she's a lot younger than Batman. But I, I'm interested. And that was always the thing that um, when they did the Killing Joke animated movie. Ugh. That was why that opening thirty minutes was felt so weird because of the age gap, the very obvious age gap. Now, if you're going to do tell tell that story, fine, whatever. Not a story I I think you need to tell, but whatever. Yeah, I've never um, been a fan of Batman and Batgirl hooking up. Exactly, but if you're going to do that, yeah, then they've they've definitely got to be a little closer in age. Yes, and despite what some people may think about Star Wars. Ray is a great character, and Daisy Ridley is a phenomenal actress. So, there's a saying I always hear, and it's completely true, it never hurts to add talent. I just like hearing the rumors of Batgirl because it shows how serious Matt Reeves is in bringing in the Bat family. Because as soon as I texted you this rumor, I was like, alright, this is good, because Batgirl is normally a certain age, and she's around the same age as Dick Grayson. So if we're having an adult Batgirl, that means there's a very good chance we can get an adult Robin, a.k.a. a Nightwing. And you immediately texted me back, everything rolls around Nightwing, doesn't it? And yes. <laughs> yes, it does. I think if, they've, if they do, if Nightwing's going to be in, in the movie, they're going to keep that so close to the chest. Mm-hmm. I, I would think, because the moment they drop that, the internet will legitimately explode. Yes. It will now, be, especially if they go, we're going to have Nightwing in our movie, played by Zac Efron. Or just, yeah, yeah. It's like, dang. And just Zach's like screaming the in the streets, rejoicing. I, yes. I think if they do a Nightwing, it'll be like Winter Soldier of around 
the same age and they're just kind of partners in crime together. Yeah. But I, I, I think it's a good idea to have Daisy Ridley as Batgirl. If you're going to have an older Batgirl, Daisy Ridley is a phenomenal actress. Uh, she clearly has experience with blockbusters. Um, I love the Andy Circus casting. Makes me think, um, who would he be good as? So I have um, two I different ideas. But Josh, off the top of your head, who would you like to see Andy Circus play? Serial, a serial killer version of Riddler. Really? I can see that. Um, I can see... I'm trying to think of who else. A lot of people, uh, myself included, have fan casted him as Penguin. Oh yeah, that's what I, I saw saw him as. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember is one seeing... people go with a lot. The one I actually go with is Clayface. I can see that as well because he's such I, a I genius do, however, mocap. Yeah, I do. However, really like your idea of having multiple people play Clayface, but still, yeah. And then the last part of the news that isn't getting as much coverage just because this actress is still relatively unknown, but I have a feeling that's not going to be the case much longer. Uh, Vanessa Kirby is rumored to be Catwoman. So for those of you who aren't familiar with her, she was in the most recent Mission Impossible movie. She also is in like all the trailers for the upcoming Hobbs and Shaw movie. Oh, is she playing um, Jason Statham's Jason sister? Statham's sister? Yeah. Okay. And she looks oh, like I, she really holds her own in that movie. Yeah, put some black hair on her. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. Which also, the more trailers I'm seeing for Hobbs and Shaw, the more I really want to see it. Yeah, let's hope uh, Let's hope this isn't a flop, you know? Uh, I highly doubt it's going to be a flop. Also, in the most recent trailer that I saw when I saw Far From Home, they show some scenes with Roman Reigns in it. And not to mark out or anything... But I don't know how they did it, but they got Roman to do both a Samoan drop and a spear in this movie. Oh, and Hobbs and Shaw? Yeah. Yeah. That's and awesome, I'm not going to lie, I popped a little for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of cool to see someone do their own moves in a movie. Now, next up, I actually am excited for this casting. I think, Josh, you might be a little more excited than me because you like this actor a little bit more than I do, but Paul Rudd has been added to the cast of next year's Ghostbusters, who's, it's going to be done by Jason Reitman, Ivan Reitman's son. It's going to be an actual sequel to the franchise and not 2016 Ghostbusters. Uh, What do you make about Paul Rudd joining Ghostbusters? You're right that I love the actor. Um... But you but don't I care stand. about Ghostbusters. Yeah, I will, I will stand by what I said I, when, when they announced that this was going to be a thing. I do not care for Ghostbusters. I don't – I think having a ghost-busting movie comedy, I don't think it works. But that's my opinion and I don't – I didn't – I wasn't a fan of the original. Uh, so I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be a fan of this. I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm down for this. Um Obviously, if they can, you know, hit me with a good trailer, maybe make a stellar cast and a decent story, you know, I might be down. But so as you're saying this, I come up with this weird, crazy idea of what they could do for Ghostbusters 3 and potentially set up for Ghostbusters 4. The end of Ghostbusters 3, the original Ghostbusters all die, as horrible as that sound, and become ghosts and team with the new team as a ghost and ghost-busting team to stop the bad ghosts. 
Interesting. Uh, I just feel like you said ghosts too many times. Yeah, probably. I just... I don't know, man. Ghostbusters, I always thought, was fine. But I've never really understood the cultural fervor for it. People seem to love Ghostbusters. And I was just like, maybe it's because it was before my time. But I've always just kind of been like, eh, it's, it's fine. Yeah, it is what it is. But I, I'm not too excited. I love Paul Rudd, and I'm glad he's getting more work. And I think if anybody can carry a movie like that, it would be Paul. Yeah, it's like we said earlier. It never hurts to add talent, and Paul Rudd is a talent, unless he's going by Paul Stephen Rudd and goes in Halloween Six. <laughs> oh, now, boy. this next story, I, <sighs> I feel like. It's an in-memoriam story, in all honesty. And it's another one of those, like, just random pronouns thrown into a cup and thrown onto the table like a Yahtzee game of Henry Cavill is playing Sherlock Holmes. All right, great so far. In Enola Holmes, a movie about Sherlock Holmes' is much younger sister, played by Millie Bobby Brown. Oh, boy. This feels like somebody was like, I want to give Millie Bobby Brown a mainstream movie to introduce her to the world that already knows her from Stranger Things. But, you know, we want to put her in the movie uh, audience already because she's fantastic. That's fine. All right, cool. Um, So let's just pull something out of our butts and create it. Well, to be fair, it is based off of a book series, like a young adult book series. But as a diehard Sherlock Holmes fan, I'm so confused of how are Henry Cavill and Millie Bobby Brown supposed to be brother and sister? Well, first of all, we're, we're not even addressing the fact that that means Sherlock's Sherlock Holmes parents are still alive and kicking. They are like, what? Yes, we see them several times. No. They're in when? Sherlock, bro. Wait, the show with... Um... Cumberbatch, yes. Huh, I think I missed a series then. I don't know. But, yeah, when I first saw that they were going to have a Sherlock Holmes movie with Millie Bobby Brown and Henry Cavill, I was like, oh, so she's Sherlock Holmes' niece. That would make more sense. Yeah. No, little sister. But even as a fan of diehard fan of Sherlock Holmes, I'm just like, wait, no, he has Mycroft. That's no. Yeah, it's weird. Oh, but it's weird. Yeah, good for Henry Cavill, I guess, because now good for Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, because now she. This is what her first major movie, I would think. Yeah, it, it. Yes, it is. As far as I'm aware. So this means Henry Cavill has been Superman, Sherlock Holmes, and there's a very, very good chance of him being the next James Bond. Good for him. Now. I mean, but does that mean he, he's out as Superman? So, here's the thing. When we were talking earlier about the old regime, and I had some, I was just like, oh, I have something for Henry Cavill later when we talk about the Enola uh, Holmes thing. I wanted to save it, but I don't think I could save it for this many months. Um, I have a bold prediction for 2020. 
that I'll make it now and then I'll reiterate it in our predictions video in a couple months from now. I do think Henry, I'm saying this now, I'm waving the white flag, Henry Cavill's out as Superman. This, him taking this role really does kind of cement that to me. And here's my prediction that I've been hyping up. In 2020, we will get a new Superman movie announced, directed by J.J. Abrams. I can see that. And why I say that is either a week or two ago, J.J. Abrams' production company, Bad Robot, signed an exclusive deal with Warner Brothers for $500 million. So J.J. is making a pretty penny these days. So anything the Bad Robot makes is going to be distributed by Warner Brothers. So Warner Brothers is going to be in the J.J. Abrams business real soon. And he actually had a Superman movie back in the day that never saw the light of day with Superman Flyboy. So... I think there's a very good chance of him doing a Superman movie in the very near future, especially after this deal got done. Unfortunately, this is coming from me, who has been championing Man of Steel 2, who still predicted that we'd get the announcement at Comic-Con this year, and I don't see that happening anymore. I am saying he is done, and that's really hard for me to say, but I think this role... It locks him up for a while. The Witcher, that kind of was my first hint. And that had yeah. some first uh, official images come out recently. He looks great. Good for you, Henry Cavill. That kind of made me have my doubts. But this, it just seems more and more likely that he's done as Superman. And that's that's a real shame. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's sad. But you know what? That That's, you know, it's maybe it's time to move on. And that's okay with this different kind of feel and casting going on with DC. I mean, you know, that's maybe the shame, though, is I like the new direction DC's going and I just would have loved to see Henry Cavill in that direction. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Like, with it's, the bright and colorful and happy tone. I think Henry Cavill would have done well with it. Well, and I think the, the spider, sorry, the uh, Superman in um, Justice League was perfect. The, it, he's it, if he did that, I mean, maybe there's still a chance. I'm gonna hold on to that, but because right now, who else would you get? I I don't know. So I don't know, man. Well, we got one more news topic, and then we'll get in our main discussion. Uh, it regards the Disney live action Little Mermaid, which seems like it's been in the works forever with no real progress being made, but now all of a sudden, a bunch of news. So. Uh, a few days ago, Melissa McCarthy seemingly was cast as Ursula. Fine. And then literally a few hours ago, Haley Bailey was cast as Ariel. And the whole internet is just blowing up of, oh, I'm not going to see this movie because it's a African-American actress in a white role. Me, I'm more just going, who? Because I have no idea who this girl is, like, at all. Yeah. Uh, I read it. Was just I? Like, um, what? I just enjoy seeing all the tweets going. Oh, I thought you said Halle Berry. Yeah, I have no idea who this girl is. So, sure. Um, I think the big thing is that there's there's that vocal minority right now that is very like. <laughs> 
she's got to be, dude, that's not the right skin tone. Blah, 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 blah. Like what, what, what does it matter right now, dude? Like as long as she plays the role, role well, I think is the only thing, thing that matters. Yeah. I think just off the bat, she's probably a better choice than Chloe Grace Moretz, who is the one that has always been rumored for the role. Yeah. But more than any other casting, I'm still just going, I, I don't know who you are. I'll still probably skip this movie because Little Mermaid is not really my favorite Disney princess by any stretch of the imagination, and I hate her name. Yeah, it'll, you know, it's whatever. I have years of resentment towards Ariel's name, but... Oh, geez, why? I, don't, I can't, I don't know why. Yeah, can't imagine why. <laughs> um, but going back to the whole Melissa McCarthy thing as Ursula... I'm not a huge Melissa McCarthy fan, but I think she could be a good Ursula. Ursula is I'm, dramatic and over the top, and it's kind of what Melissa McCarthy is. So, I, I, now that and that is definitely the thing. I think I don't know who else I would want to play Ursula. Like Melissa McCarthy, I would be it interests me in how she can pull off evil because she's always done fun, quirky characters, and except for well, um. What was it? Uh, the Heat with Sandra Bullock and yeah, Identity Thief yeah, with Jason yeah, Bateman? Yeah. The, but for the most part, she plays very quirky characters, and but she never plays... And even like if we look at, at The Heat, like it's still not evil, per se. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I, I'd be curious on how that, that She's goes. She's another one that's been trying more dramatic stuff lately. Yeah. I just hope that she wasn't cast because she's a larger actress and Ursula's a larger yeah. character. I really hope that's not the case and they see something in her that fits the role perfectly. Yeah, I agree. But again, I don't really care. I'm not going to be seeing this movie. This movie's not for me. It's for people that like The Little Mermaid. Almost <laughs> any other Disney live action I'll see except for probably Little Mermaid. Yep. All right, well, that'll about do it for our news topics. Uh, before we get into our main discussion, Josh, you got a sponsor for us this week? Um, Not really, man. I've been working my butt off, to, uh, so I haven't really had a lot of time to think of a sponsor, I guess. Um, I'll go with Funko Pop Figures. You think you're only going to buy one, and then all of a sudden you have 50. <laughs> Truth. As I've just bought my Mysterio, and I'm very happy about it. Yeah. Speaking of Mysterio, man. He's actually on my list. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, we were talking. I don't know if we've said anything about it, but today we're talking about best and worst um, co- uh, comic book movie costumes, right? Yeah. So this can apply to most of mine are heroes, but it can apply to villains if you really wanted to. Uh, basically any suits, costumes, with the only parameters being it has to be based off a comic book and it has to be a live-action, theatrically released movie. So any animated stuff doesn't count. Any made-for-TV stuff that saves early 90s Marvel from a lot of entries on this list. Looking at you, 90s (laughs) Captain America movie. Yep. Um, Do you want to start with best or do you want to start with worst? Let's get worst out of the way, man. Oh, boy. Okay, I'm coming out swinging. The Bat Nipples. Batman and Robin. (laughs) 
What? You don't like the bat nipples? I hate both the suits. Not just the regular suits that they have, but these weird Arctic suits that they have to beat uh, Mr. Freeze. Also, just while we're at it, every suit in Batman and Robin, every costume in that is just bad. Oh, I, I think that I was going to say the nipples are bad. I agree. But I think no costume in that movie is worse than the Bane costume. Yeah. It's with that literally painted on veins is just painted on veins. Uh, Whatever they did to Arnold Schwarzenegger to have like the icy bespeckled skin. It, that movie gives me aneurysms and it's just (laughs) bad. (laughs) It gives everyone aneurysms. Jeez, man, you really came out swinging. Yep. I don't pull any punches. I hate that suit so much. Uh, what, I uh I detest, not hate, detest the flat uh, Ezra Miller's flask flash. Thank costume. you. That's definitely on my list. I hate it too. And most people are like, it looks cool. I hate it one because it looks dumb, but two, it ruins the character. And people are like, you're being over dramatic. I'm like, no, it goes against everything that kind of Flash. What makes Flash special, really? Because Flash. He's the Flash. He's the fastest man alive. And I would think having armor would slow him down. You don't look at a swimmer and go, man, you need more layers, man. That'll make yeah, you better. Exactly. It, his costume should be sleek. It should be appealing to look at. Now, in Justice, the video games had a good balance of armor and the sleek stuff. This is just... I don't even know. And then they still somehow ma- managed to mess up the color. Yeah, it's it's too dark of a red. Yeah, it's a the wrong shade of red. Also, Speaking of- Cyborg has to be on the list. Not because the aesthetics are bad. The CGI is bad. Okay, fair enough. Um, let, I'm going to come out and say it. I hate uh, Grant's Flash costumes. Literally yes. all of them. I... I when the show first started, I was like, he's going to grow into the Flash suit. And then with each passing season, I'm just like, is this the season that they finally get the costume right? Mm, nope. Nope. Well, that was probably your hot take for bad costumes. I have one that's not necessarily a hot take and not necessarily bad, but there's not a single Batman suit that I absolutely love. Not even Ben Affleck's. I think all of them are good movie suits, but not a single one of them are on my best list at all. Fair enough. And I actually would probably throw the suit that Batman wears in the uh, Batmobile in Justice League on my worst list. Oh, yeah. I hate that Night Owl suit. Yeah. Um, I hate um, the Superman return suits. Oh, with a really, really tiny S? Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, the really, really tiny briefs. And it's like the boy too, shorts. Almost, it's almost like borderline too blue. Yeah. It, um, poor DC, man. We're yeah. really bagging on DC, and we're gonna keep bagging uh, on them for the next couple. But yeah, what else? What else don't um, you really like about that Superman Returns suit? Besides the movie it was in. I just, I personally feel that Superman should look huge. I don't. Like, he's, you know what I mean? He should look, 
intimidating because that was always his thing is he looks like this guy that can tear people apart but has this cadence and and the way he carried himself is always you know hey like i'm a farm boy from kansas how are you but i never got not like like not workman yeah like yeah like ben affleck like if we put that body in in that suit i think it would work very well Mm. i just i i don't it's it's in between like the super baby blue of the of the the OGs the Superman and the too dark of blue uh, for the um, Justice League. Mm. Now, I have one that it's in a movie that I actually defend quite a bit as not nearly as bad as people make it out to be. However, I can never defend the suit that's in this movie. It is one of the worst of all time. The fish scales that is the Green Lantern movie. Oh. It is just bad when you can see Ryan Reynolds' belly button. You're right. Oh, man. I really, I genuinely think Green Lantern's not that awful. It's just middle of the road. Like, it's an early 2000s Superman, it's an early 2000s superhero movie stuck in 2011. Yeah. But I can never defend the suit. I have seen concept art of what he looks like in a practical suit and why they didn't go with that is beyond me. The suit is so atrocious. <laughs> so, could I do um, Baron Zemo? <laughs> you could if you wanted to, because it, it, it's speaking, not a good adaptation, no. Oh, no, because it... <laughs> but, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'll say. give you a counter-argument. I don't think his character is done. Oh, I agree. He supposedly is the main villain in, uh, Cap- in Winter Soldier and Bucky, that uh, Disney Plus series. So don't be surprised if we get the purple mask then. I, I agree. I just don't like that actor as him. That's not Baron Zemo to me. Really? Um, if we're talking, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I, I need Baron, my, the Baron Zemo I know from the comics is, you know, the purple mask. He's, he is the tactician and the really smart dude, but he also has the fighting skills to back it up if he, to get himself out of a corner if he needs to. Um, Howard the Duck. Ooh, I almost put Howard the Duck on this list. But Howard the Duck is awful. Awful. I will do you one better in the world of Marvel. Daredevil. Oh. Uh, Netflix or movie? I'm going to be that jerk and say both. Because <laughs> you know the Ben Affleck one is bad, but it's that early 2000s thing that everyone was going with. The Netflix yeah. one, I cannot defend the choice that they made. I actually like the black, <laughs> like the simple black ninja outfit that he had, Dude, yeah, as like, opposed to the armored switch, red. Oh, man, it just doesn't like. I get the, I get why they went with on, uh, armor. Like it makes sense. It doesn't mean I like it. Yeah, it it doesn't look like Daredevil to me. Most of the costumes oh. were good adaptations, except for Iron Fist. That one, I don't even know what that was. Uh, yeah. Punisher was a good update. Daredevil, I'm still really scratching my head at because typically Marvel is really pretty good at adapting costumes, especially recently with the MCU. A lot of the ones in my best are MCU ones, but that yeah. is not one of them. Um, excuse me, sorry. Um, what about Spawn? See, I was gonna put Spawn on my list, 
But I feel like that's not the movie's fault. It was a time that they didn't have the CGI to really bring Spawn accurately. I'm sure for its yeah. time it looked fine. Nowadays it looks atrocious. But in terms of page to screen, it's pretty accurate. Yeah, it is. But the CGI is bad. So it's, Spawn is not on my list, but I can understand why you would put it on there. Well, and I, I think it was limited I, by its time. Yeah, I, I think I, now with you saying that, I would totally agree. Now, there is... We're getting into the... I haven't even really pulled out the big guns yet, except for Batman and Robin. I have four more that oh, no. are just the worst, the bane of my existence. One of them I know we're going to disagree on, so I'm going to get it out of the way now. The Ninja Turtles in Ninja Turtles 3... Okay, I'll give it to you. The one where they go back to Japan, it's because Jim Henson's company had left the Turtles at this point and were just like, you are on your own, and it shows big time. Yeah, the, the characters go from being able to move move their mouth and stuff to not being able to move their mouth. They go from looking like uh, Ninja Turtles to looking like salamanders. Yeah, you're not wrong. I have others. I have three more. But Josh, do you have any others? Not really. I've, I found myself getting kind of sad when I was thinking about all this stuff. Um, you could argue most of the X-Men costumes. I was thinking about that. I was talking to Heather before this. Of If, in all honesty, if we were going by the criteria of, of comic book panel to big screen, Wolverine has to be on there for worst because he bears no resemblance to the I comic. Mean, He's a great hey, performance, and Wolverine is one of the greatest portrayals in a superhero movie of all time. But if you're portraying what's in the on the page, it's terrible. Oh, yeah. Especially if you're going to tease us with one like they did. Oh, at the end of the Wolverine? Yeah. Yeah. Like, honestly, I, I'm kind of pissed that they did that, and, and then didn't give us it. Didn't give yeah, it don't us. even give us the hope. Just, just let it where it is. Yeah. Yeah. Don't give us the hope if you're never going to go, you know, if you're never going to do it. Now, two of these are like the Hall of Fame of Awful, and one of them is just a personal choice. Um, the personal choice that I'm sure you'll agree with is Harry Osborn in Spider Man 3 as the new Goblin. Yeah. yeah nope. Screw that. I Absolutely hate not. SSX Goblin. He looks like he just came out of a snowboarding game from the 2000s. No, he looks like a snowboarder went on a crack bender for three months. Yes. You knew this was coming, Pete. I didn't kill your father. Yeah. Oh, that suit is so bad. And he has a snowboard for some reason, even though he has a glider and he has a stupid ski mask. It, oh, it's just bad. I hate that outfit so much. Also, honorable mention to... Green Goblin and the first Spider-Man of character that has aged the worst in terms of costumes. Oh, yeah. That is a Power yeah. Rangers costume. It, it is. It basically is. Now, there's a couple that I'm amazed you've forgotten about. Maybe because you want to have a happy life, but I'm going to I'm gonna torture you with my last two for worst before we move on to the good stuff. That's fair enough. I, was th- I think I got wrapped up in in being so happy with the good ones that we have 
Because there are a lot more good ones than there are bad. Nowadays. But, well, again... I think you'll be surprised. As, as we've seen, the early 2000s were a very bad time. Case in point, yes. we made a joke about her earlier with Haley Berry, but Halle Berry. Oh, no. Catwoman. Okay, here's the thing. I don't even acknowledge that movie ever exists, so... Catwoman, if you are somehow lucky enough to not be familiar with this, it is a multi-time Razzie Award-winning, and actually Halle Berry accepted her Razzie for worst performance. It is often regarded as one of, if not the worst, superhero movie of all time, and hands down, one of the worst costumes ever. It was clearly designed by a 12-year-old boy. It is just awful. And has really like no is. resemblance to the Catwoman costume. It is just it, the worst. It, it looks terrible. It looks. However, just... it is not my all-time worst. Oh really? I have one, and it makes me sound like a total hipster even putting this on this list because it's a long-forgotten movie. But I will never forget it because of how bad it is. Shaquille O'Neal's Steel. Stop! No, that doesn't count. None of that counts. <laughs> Steel does count because it is a DC. It's more or less DC's ripoff of Iron Man. Henry um, Irons in DC Comics is basically just copy and paste Iron Man. That's all he is. And he's, in, he's known as Steel. And Shaquille O'Neal played him. And it was really, really bad. Just, if you don't believe us, Google Shaquille O'Neal steal. It is like he's wrapped in aluminum foil carrying a giant mallet. It is awful. And the problem is, Shaquille O'Neal, with his size, you can't really get a stunt double for him. So he had to do everything himself and was really limited. And the costume was, oh, it's just bad. It... I feel bad for the character of Steel. Not that I'm emotionally attached to him in any way, but there's no way we'll ever get Steel again in any live-action form because of how bad Shaq was not and how bad the costume was. Yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah, I went all out for this. <laughs> Jeez. Now, we've had enough negativity in our lives. Yeah, let's... Uh, let's get let's on to the, po- to the best superhero suits of all time. All right. Um, what you want to start off? You want to start swinging? Uh, you could start us off. I started us off with Batman and Robin. All right. I'll go with one that I know that you and I agree with. It may you may not like the movie it's in, but and, and really neither do I. But amazing you Spider-Man like Two. Yes, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I think that that's a solid choice for to, for for us to start off with because it's it the really biggest is from in terms of quality. The first suit I hate. But the one in Amazing Spider-Man 2, I absolutely love. Well, even that down to the opening shot of that movie with that suit. Oh, yeah, when he's just dropping. That's a great shot. It's it's great. Great, great, great shot. Now, on the flip side, I actually did put the Homecoming suit on my list. The blue and the um, red, at least. Yeah. Uh, I, I the only thing that. I would change, and I've seen some fan art of it, is take the black, like the side and on his wrists, and it looks so perfect. Yeah. Maybe someday we'll get that. But yes, both Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Homecoming, I think, are some of the best Spider-Man suits we've ever gotten. Yeah. Um, 
honorable mention, um, the entire cast of The Watchmen. I actually do have Rorschach on my list. Yeah. I would say um, all of them, because some of them aren't quite accurate. Night Owl. I mean, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But if we're doing but, like some of the more obscure stuff, I'll say honorable mention to V for Vendetta. Oh, dude. I mean, granted, it's really hard to screw that up. But I mean, it's it's possible, but... Uh, yes. But yeah, um, Rorschach feels like he leapt right off the page in terms of I didn't know how they would adapt the mask. Like, since the mask is always moving. Yeah. But they right. did, and it looks fantastic. Well, if you want to talk about... Uh, adapting uh, masks and movement. Uh, you want to talk about Deadpool a little bit? Deadpool is on my list. Deadpool, I'll yeah. give credit of everyone else seems to co- be copying Deadpool nowadays with the eyes being able to move. Deadpool was the first one that I saw that a lot of times when you read comics, uh, the artists have to be able to express emotion somehow with the characters. So they always have like the eyes get wider or smaller even though they're wearing a mask, so it's kind of hard to do. And we've never seen that in a movie before until Deadpool. Now we get it all the time with Homecoming, Far From Home, uh, anything with yeah. Spider-Man. But Deadpool was doing it first, and that Deadpool costume is so spot on. After, it is. After, you know, the X-Men Origins Wolverine Deadpool. Yes. Uh, but it, it's extremely spot on, and they continue to... And, and even in Deadpool 2, when they switch to the to the gray and black one, it, it's pretty spot on as well. Yeah. I don't think they really changed too much for the sequel, showing just how no foolproof the suit was in the first one. Yeah. Oh, I, totally. Um, uh, going back about, to Spider-Man real quick. Yeah. Uh, I have two Spider-Man villains, one older, and one newer Mysterio, even though you haven't seen it far from home's Mysterio, the aesthetics he looks like he's ripped right out of a comic. He is so spot on, it's not even funny. The fishbowl is there. The purple cape is there. The chest piece. The gauntlet. Everything. I never thought we'd get a more accurate version of Mysterio, and I don't think we ever will, because holy crap, it's... That's all I can say. It's just... It's Mysterio. Yeah. And the other one, we've talked about before, is one of the best, like, ripped right off the page to the big screen. Sandman. Yeah. But then again, well, it's really hard to mess up a green striped shirt. Can we do an honorable mention for to Jay uh, Jonah? Yeah, from the from OG Spider-Man. To, oh, uh, absolutely. That hair and the mustache. Spot even on. the voice. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I guess you can't really do a voice from a comic book. Anyway, um <laughs> uh, let's start getting a little current, man. What about um Judge Dredd? Yes, I have that on my list too. I'm so glad you remembered it too. Yeah, dude. Like Dread is um, is ex- extremely spot on, even down incredibly to underrated. And just to be clear, we are talking about the Carl Urban Dread, not the Sylvester Stallone, the one that we just call Dread because it's the only Dread movie that exists. Yes, correct. What else you got, man? Uh, I have part. my favorite. Captain America, but it's not the one people normally go with. I My favorite incarnation of Captain America from a suit perspective and a character perspective is the one in Winter Soldier. Yes. The blue and the white, it's simple. It's tactical. I It looks ripped right out of the Ultimate Comics, the newer stuff. Yeah. 
it looks so spot on. It looks fantastic. Well, if we're going like ripped out from the comics, uh, I've got to talk about Kick-Ass. Yeah, that one does look like it just came it's, right off the screen. Well, and even they, they did a really good job of getting an actor that had the same body type as well. So you feel like this kid is going to die at any moment. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, we've said before how the MCU has just nailed costumes. And I think this character has had the most suit incarnations just because toy sales, but he'll never be able to top his first one. And I think that's Iron Man. First gen Iron Man, still my favorite Iron Man suit by far. Oh, I agree. The one that he's Uh, sporting for most of Iron Man 1. It's either that one or the one he's sporting in Endgame. I think both are some of the best incarnations we've ever seen of that suit. I I agree. I I think some of the other add-ons are... Not as good. Uh, Toy sales. Yeah. Well, I agree, but um, like, like if we're going to go talk about the ultimate Iron Man, I liked the way that that helmet was shaped better, and I wish we would have gotten one, one of that. But it's it's whatever. And um, also, it was a quick moment, and I wish we would have gotten more of it. But they always said it, how stupid it looked, even though I strongly disagree. Is the beginning of the first Thor movie when he's about to be crowned king before he gets banished, and he comes into the throne room just playing with his hammer, and he has the uh, winged helmet on, that is yes. so perfect. And I really wish we would have got that winged helmet more, just when he comes in with the full regalia, the helmet. It's like, that is Thor. Oh, dude. And they bring it back in Ragnarok. Yes, that was a nice callback awesome. with a different type of helmet. Yes, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um yeah, no, Marvel's really been hitting, hit it, really hits it on the nail on the head. Uh, Ant Man's pretty spot on. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, uh, let's uh, let's throw some uh, love over to DC side though. My, I will always proclaim my love for this suit as one of, if not the best, adaptation from comic to big screen the DC's ever done. Aquaman. Which one? The one from the Aquaman movie. Well, yeah, okay, technically... The classic golden green. Yeah, okay, there you go. I just wanted to be clear here. No, the one where he doesn't have a shirt in Batman v Superman. No, um, okay, you know what? I don't need this sass. Also, just (laughs) a side tangent. All the costumes, actually, in Aquaman are fantastic costumes. Mera with her incredibly over-the-top red hair which is actually very much the comic. Um, Black Manta, spot on. Ocean Black Master, Manta. never thought they'd Dude. go all out with the purple and silver, but they did. Oh, man. Can I just gush on Black Manta here for a second? Oh, Because that was it. one I was the most nervous about when they said he was going to go, that he was going to be in Aquaman. Because it is very easy to make that extremely hokey looking. But the way that they go about it in making that that suit not only believable but like practical as well and able to tell a story with it, like holy cow, dude! Mm-hmm. Black Manta looked awesome. Ocean Master, I thought looked just as cool, if not even better, because Black Manta he's got black to work with. That's an easy color to more or less adapt. Ocean Master has bright silver and purple. 
and a goofy mask, but they made it work. That mask, they've, they, yeah, they made it work, man. The it, fact it that the mask color. even moves, like with his expressions, like Deadpool style, was great. But it oh, all dude, comes it back. Nice touch. It still comes back to Aquaman when he comes out from that waterfall in the gold and green. I lost it because people, for years, myself included, have thought that's unfilmable. It's just you can't do it. And then before the, mo- uh, the movie came out, I saw like. Uh, pictures of like the toys and whatnot they had, and I was like, "This might actually work." And then the trailer showed it, and then the movie showed it. And it's just that's one of the best suits I've ever seen in terms of just comic two page. It's phenomenal. Oh, dude! And I I need to go back and watch it because that scene on on the submarine gets me every time. Oh, with Black Manta or the final uh, fight? I, no, no, no. At, at, at the the final fight, the where final he's fight like, is visually gorgeous yeah dude and he like he he's doing his little final speech and like he gets himself amped up and accidentally goes it goes into a haka real quick and then pops back into the speed it was just oof because as we all know jason momoa loves his hakas i mean why wouldn't you bro <laughs> uh what other dc ones you got um I want to say Wonder Woman because it is, but I couldn't pin a specific story arc to, to connect hers to. Yeah. So I, I like I, that. I've I seen like some it, set photos of her 1984 one, and it's more or less the same suit, just brighter and more colorful so that I'm okay. even more in favor of. Yeah, I'm totally down for that. Um, I'm trying to think more DC. Oh, Shazam. Oh, how did I forget about that? Dude, Shazam's Shazam's great. Right down to the, they even had the white hood. Dude, I never thought we'd get the white hood, which is crazy. And I remember when the set photos came out of like people on the street and were like, uh, I don't know, which just kind of uh, goes even further to show of when you see uh, like these like leaked pictures of on the ground, don't. Don't be that person of you will never see us report on any of those leaked photos of like someone in an apartment took a picture of the street of where they're filming this movie because that is not how the studio wants us to see these. Um, yeah, because those leaked pictures of Shazam when they first came out looked awful. The Shazam Don't suit looked terrible. Like, unfortunately, the Black Widow movies have that lately nowadays. So people are like, is this what Taskmaster looks like? He looks terrible. I'm like. First of yeah. all, that looks more like a Taskmaster henchman. And second of all, the MCU has done great with costumes. So just trust the final product. This is the early stages of a movie. So I hate when people yeah. are like, this is what the, he's going to look like off of a cell phone picture. Yeah. But yeah, Shazam was like that, that too, of when we saw suit. And it's like, hey, this doesn't look good. And then Dr. Savannah looked kind of funky. But yes, yeah. all the Shazam family, the Shazamily looked great. Oh, absolutely. I'm trying to think of any other DC ones that I really enjoyed. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's put really any of the all... Batman ones on my list. As much as I love Man of Steel, no. Yeah, uh, I mean, I would, I could make an argument for the uh, Justice League Superman suit. 
It's a little bit better, but I've still, I've never been super fond of it. I, I don't know what it is. It just doesn't really do it for me. No, yeah. I'll, Maybe I'll, not I'll, enough yellow I'll, in the middle you, or the material just looks odd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I'm trying to think, man. I don't know. Uh, I think that's really all we have from DC. Yeah. Live action wise, at least. Yeah, because Zack Snyder has a very particular vision. We'll go with that. Yeah. I mean, if you could make an argument that Doomsday was just like... Oh, no. Doomsday goes on my worst list. Yeah. He's a cave troll from Lord of the Rings. Okay, fair enough. But I think, if we can't think of any others, that'll about do it, I think. Uh, Well, I mean... Oh, um... Uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh, I hate that movie, but yeah. Yeah, no, the, the <laughs> I'm actually surprised to hear. It. I don't think you and I have ever talked about that. Uh, but no, yeah, the the from comic yeah. to. I've seen that comic. movie a few times. I was forced to watch it in college, and I hate that movie. But I will firmly agree that the costumes are ripped right out of the book. Yeah, totally. Oh, I, I mainly hate it because I love almost all the movie except for Scott Pilgrim himself. I cannot and, get behind him as a character at all. Yeah. And because I, the whole I, I point is, I, I am winning the affection of a girl while I already have a girlfriend. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Um, oh, honorable mention to Ron, Ron Perlman's Hellboy. Yes. Very true. And but yeah, man. as much as the David Arbor one bombed, his look was really good in that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know me, man. I popped really hard for it, and then no one saw it. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Well, what do you guys think? What are some of your all-time favorite comic book to live-action adaptations of beloved superhero suits or whatever else? Let us know in the comments below. We always love hearing from you guys. And as always, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on, whether that's YouTube, uh, Google Podcast, iTunes, or Spotify. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on the main YouTube channel at Uncharted Media. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.